E-Tidings Cosmos. Good morning, 21st Century World of Worlds. This is Radio Richard Island, coming to you from within the soundproofless studio of life itself. Thormila Falcher Rotensha. I am your host, Richard McSweeney. Hear this, listener, give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath there are words. At the time, Patricius brought Christianity to Druidic Ireland, that being in the 5th century. There lived in the mountains and valleys of Era, if it doesn't sound more than a little oxymoronic, a renowned social recluse, a happy wanderer who delighted wherever in telling to whosoever with listening ears of what he had observed, had told or dreamt of while strolling throughout the length and breadth of the island. This happy wanderer was known by all and sundry as Anthord Fels of Descartes, the eminent philosopher of the South. It was said that he was a native of central Munster, and that he was of a royal descent reaching deep back into era antiquity. There was none like him in profoundness of thought in ancient Ireland, none like him even in his own day, or has there never been anyone since like him for the free and easy lucid way he used his mind? Oh, the admirable bountifulness of this man, untoward false of Deshkat, for he neither strolled in the council of the ancient Druidic way, nor sat in that of the contemporary thought of his day, that of Pratishus's way, the way of Christianity. His delight was in the way of the unnameable, and in its way, did he generously reflect upon throughout his going-about hours. And his sleeping was a pleasant dreaming full. He was like a tree naturally growing by the rivers of water or in the valleys throughout the island that brought forth his fruit in his due season, his leaves naturally withered to make way for the new. Whatsoever he did, prosper it did. Fruitfulness was an essential quality of this gracious man, and that fruitfulness was always seasonable. The Druids and the Christians were not so, but were like the stinging shaft which could get into your eyes, intrinsically worthless and ultimately harmful. Their ways were perishable, and for this reason did he keep his ideas far distant from them. One day, I was strolling, he said, observed two rabbits mightily jumping about each other on a hillside pasture land. Suddenly their head crashed into each other and knocked each other out. And I laughed at their way as I strolled along. Sore heads will be there for the rest of the day, I thought to myself. In today's broadcast I'll be reading from Prince Hamlet, The Republic, and the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. This is a reading in continuity from Prince Hamlet. Good, my lord, vouchsafe me a word with you. Sir, a whole history. The king, sir, I, sir, what of him? In his retirement, marvellous distempered. With drink, sir? No, my lord, rather caller. 
your wisdom should show itself more richer to signify this to his doctor for for me to put him to his purgation would perhaps plunge him into far more choler good my lord put your discourse into some frame and start not so wildly from my affair i am tame so pronounce the queen your mother in most great affliction of spirit hath sent me to you you are welcome nay nay my good lord uh, this courtesy is not of the right breed if it shall please you to make a wholesome answer i will do your mother's commandment if not your pardon and my return shall be the end of my business sir i cannot uh, what my lord make you a wholesome answer my wits diseased but sir such answer as i make it you shall command or rather as you say my mother therefore no more but to the matter my mother you say then thus she says your behaviour had struck her into amazement and admiration o oh, wonderful son that can so astonish a mother but is there no sequel at the heeds of this mother's admiration in part she desires to speak with you in her closet ere you go to bed we shall obey were she ten times our mother have you any further trade with us my lord you once did love me so i do still these pickers uh, by these pickers and stealers uh, good my lord what is your cause of distemper you do surely bar the door upon your own liberty if you deny your griefs to your friend sir i lack advancement how can that be when you have the voice of the king himself for your succession in denmark ay but sir while the grass grows the proverb is something musty A reading from Plato's The Republic Done to me, as becomes the ignorant, I must learn from the wise. That is what I deserve to have done to me. What, and no payment, a pleasant notion? I will pay when I have the money, I replied. But you have, Socrates, said Lucia, and you, Trasimachus, need be under no anxiety about money, for we will all make a contribution for Socrates. Yes, he replied, and then Socrates will do as he always does, refuse to answer himself, and take and pull to pieces the answer of someone else. Why, my good friend, I said, how can anyone answer who knows, and says that he knows, just nothing, and who, even if he has some faint notions of his own, is told by a man of authority not to utter them? The natural thing is that the speaker should be someone like yourself, who professes to know and can tell what he knows. Will you then kindly answer for the edification of the company and of myself? Glocken and the rest of the company joined in my request, and Trasimachus, as any one might see, was in reality eager to speak, for he thought that he had an excellent answer and would distinguish himself. But at first he to insist on my answering, at length he consented to begin. Behold, he said, the wisdom of Socrates, he refuses to teach himself and goes about learning of others, to whom he never even says thank you. That I learn of others, I replied, is quite true. But that I am ungrateful, I wholly deny. Money I have done, and therefore I pay in praise, which is all I have. And how ready I am to praise anyone who appears to me to speak well. You will very, well, you will very soon find out when you answer, for I expect that you will answer well. Listen, then, he said, I proclaim 
that justice is nothing else than the interest of the stronger. And now why do you nudge me? But of course you won't. Let me understand you, I replied. Justice, as you say, is the interest of the stronger. What, Trasimachus, is the meaning of this? You cannot mean to say that because uh, Polydamus, the pancreatist, is stronger than we are and finds the eating of beef conducive to his bodily strength, that to eat beef is therefore equally for good who are weaker than he is and right and just for us? That's abominable of you, Socrates. You take the words in the sense which is most damaging to the argument. Not at all, my good sir, I said. I'm trying to understand them, and I wish that you would be a little clearer. This is an interpretation, after my own fashioning, of some lines from the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. Nor three star visitors spoke to me, saying, Humac Latavera, what stories, what anecdotes, what insights do you bring to this new dawn? Of a day, a king of the Sligo Landry put the following question to his confidant. What were the insightful of old like? For I have heard tell, they were very different from those in this our own day. Oh, they were, Your Majesty. You have heard told well. The insightful of old did not reject the views of the few or the consensus of the many, but did give to all views full earful play. They lived without doing anything that would have them be with feelings of shame or regret. Though they might make mistakes, they had no occasion for regret. Though they might succeed, they had no self-complacency. Being as such, they could ascend the loftiest heights of thought without any fear of vertigo. They could pass through downpouring out of the heavens thoughts without being drenched. They could go into wildly flaming forests of thought without being burnt. So it was that by their knowledge they ascended to and reached quite unimaginable to us realms of wondrous insight. The insightful of old, your majesty, dreamt awake and slept a dream. They had no anxiety whether awake or asleep. They took their time eating, fully savouring every mouthful. Their breathing came silently, almost as if they weren't breathing at all. Their words seemed to journey up from the soles of their feet and on in from the tips of their fingers. There were great silences in their speaking, profound wording in their silences. However one might try to start up an argument with them over anything, they would fail straight away, for they had no interest whatsoever in being distraction providers. The insightful of old, Your Majesty, loved life and saw no discontinuity in it when it went through transformation. They looked upon their entrance into their own life as being a great privilege and joy, and were, as we all are, greatly saddened with the thought of it ending way too soon and leaving beloved ones behind. They did not forget what their beginning had been, and they did not inquire into what their end would be, for they knew ever so well that ends are but beginnings, beginnings endings. 
and the king wasn't able to speak for the rest of the day, for so much was he awed of the words spoken to him by his confidant. In a dawn reverie of this new day, meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, did lovingly relay, way back in days of long, long, long gone by. O mortal self of mine, when we're living in your own realm and time, you will bring your thought forth into the large place of thinking. All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for your many blessings. And spare a thought, too, for peoples living in faraway places in all different kinds of situations, often very difficult and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to an Irish philosopher of the natural kind bringing radio to the Internet via Radio Richard Ireland, on the air globally for about 15 minutes Monday to Friday, and occasionally on the weekends. The script format of today's broadcast will be available at a future date on AuthenticCloseTramaScripts.com. It is truly an honor to have you listening. May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Sloan, August Banachtlat. <laughs>